0: Let's pray. Father God, I love you. I thank you for today. I thank you for, uh, just your word, Lord. I thank you for, uh, what you're doing here at HBF. Uh, it's, it's exciting to be a part, uh, of a church that's, uh, alive, uh, not just, uh, going through the motions and just, uh, doing the, the religious things, but to see people really excited about, uh, what you're doing <clears throat> in their lives and, uh, and just in their families. Uh, Lord, I do just, uh, thank you for, uh, the Passpoint class and just seeing people, uh, just, uh, with joy. Uh, too often, you know, people think church is a burden and everything else. And Lord, it, it's a privilege that we get to come together and uh, just uh, worship uh, you, uh, but just to have fellowship with believers who are of a like faith. I do thank you for uh, just the families in Passpoint and uh, just their their dedication to you. Uh, there's so many of them week in and week out. There's there's a different grouping in here every week because there's so many people in the ministry and doing different things and praying for Mitch this morning as he's preaching in Dayton and, and uh, Jody and the kiddos. And so, uh, Lord, you're just you're doing a lot and um we none of us can do any of it on our own so i do just thank you for a group of people who are excited about what you're doing so i pray today as we uh, get back into the book of first corinthians that you would uh, just speak clearly to us that um there wouldn't be any confusion as we go into this stuff and uh, god that you would just kind of get us back on track there's a lot of different things uh, coming up and so I do, uh, I pray you just get the honor and the glory, uh, for everything that's said and done. Pray for Pastor Brian as he preaches this morning and, uh, just all the things that are, that are happening in your church. And I just pray this all in Christ's name. Amen. Okay, so Next what's it? Next week is Fifth Sunday, that's correct. Um, <clears throat> so if you have your Bibles, open up to First Corinthians chapter 11. So, uh, most of you guys know we've been teaching through the book of First Corinthians. And so that's usually the way we <coughs> do things, uh, in here is we, uh, I, I pick a book. I don't just like randomly pick one. Usually God lays a book on my heart and uh, I just uh, expository preach through it, uh, teach through it. I'm not much of a preacher, but I teach through it just kind of trying to find something applicationally that we uh, in the stage of life that most of us are in. Uh, can, can relate to, uh, and, and just work through as, as we do that. And so we try to make the Bible real. The Bible is real. And so just kind of pull that stuff out. And so anyway, we took a small break, uh, going into Christmas and then into the new year, but we're going to get back into 1st Corinthians and, uh, and get going with that. So just kind of a review of what the book of 1st Corinthians, uh, has had so far. So the first six chapters of 1st Corinthians were, were what? Somebody tell me. They were kind of all and I'm going to start over then. Uh, uh. The first six chapters of 1 Corinthians uh, were rebuke. Paul is writing a letter to the church in Corinth about some of the things they had going on. He's like, hey... Uh, you guys, I don't know what's going on there, but it ain't good. Uh, you know, they they they're like uh I'm following this guy and I'm following this guy. There's all this division in the church and uh there's some fornication issues. There's a whole lot of different things and it's very black and white. He just kind of goes through it. He calls them out on it and he's like, "Hey, y'all need to get your act together. This is not uh what was established when I was there establishing the church." And so he's pretty black and white, and I really like that about Paul because he doesn't like beat around the bush. There's nothing worse to me. Uh, than somebody who just kind of like tiptoes around something. Uh, just tell me how you feel about something. Just tell me what you think about something and we can work through it. But somebody who just like tiptoes around the issue and like you're not helping anybody. And so Paul he's just very black and white. He's like hey this is what's going on. Uh, what are you going to do about it? Because this is obviously not godly. This is obviously not uh, what you were called to do. And so anyway he kind of just goes through and uh, he rebukes them about several things that are going on and then in chapter 7 through 9 of 1 Corinthians, uh, he kind of gives a response to some questions that they had asked. Uh, he, he says in uh, chapter 7, before he gets into the marriage stuff, Now concerning the things that you wrote unto me, meaning that they had sent him a letter first asking him some questions. And in his response, he went ahead and uh, wrote the book of, first corinthians or the letter of first corinthians and he's like before i answer your questions i'm going to make sure we get some other things straightened out and then now that i've got those things addressed now he he speaks on the marriage in chapter seven and uh chapter seven through nine he just kind of gives a response to some of the questions that they had asked uh chapter 10 uh is kind of standalone it's it's like a reminder he's like hey don't forget what happened to the nation of Israel? Because you as the church can find yourself in the same boat. If you're not going to follow, you know, God's you're not anything. You mean, We're not anything super special unless we have Christ. So unless you decide to uh, obey and follow, uh, I mean, God's like, hey, I'll be here when you're ready. But I'm not going to do it for you. Uh, you ever heard the saying you can't want something for somebody? Uh, well, you can't. And so God can't want it for you. And it's the same thing. And then in verse or chapters 11 to 16, which we're going to get into today, he he finally like changes gears completely and he finishes off the book with some uh, deeper doctrinal stuff he's like okay so we've taken care of the the sin issues that you had going on Uh, we answered your questions Uh, we kind of got back on track now he's going to get into some doctrinal teaching. And so we're kind of going to, for the most part, slow down as we finish up the book because I don't want anybody to be confused. Uh, you know, there's a lot of stuff in here. We talk about uh, worship quite a bit in chapter 11. Uh, we talk about some spiritual gift stuff. First uh, Corinthians 15 is uh, like the full mentioned passage of the resurrection and how that all works with your body and your soul and your spirit and all those different things. And so he really gets into some deeper stuff and we're going to get there as we get there. But. As, as we get into today, um, most of you know we're, we're getting ready to start 1 Corinthians chapter 11, but uh, I actually sat down. Uh, I've been reading this passage for actually several weeks because uh, there's a lot of stuff here, and I sat down this, uh, this morning, as I always do early, uh, to kind of get all this stuff put down. The outline was kind of in my head, uh, and about three-quarters of the way through it, uh, I realized next week is the Lord's Supper, right? Uh, everybody knows that. Uh, and the passage right after this one, so 1 Corinthians chapter 11 starts this section on uh, basically uh spiritual authority and and proper worship, right? Uh, and then right after that, starting in verse 17, he finishes out the chapter with, let me just explain the Lord's Supper to you. And so I'm going to do something that I don't really think I've ever done before, and I'm going to skip a passage. Uh What? I, I really wasn't. I wasn't until this morning. I was like halfway done with the other stuff. And then I'm like. Well, I wasn't going to, though. I was going to go through it. We always just start at the beginning and work our way to the end. But uh, we're going into the Lord's Supper next week. And most everybody in here completely understands what the Lord's Supper is about. Um, But even though we understand, uh, there's been times in my life that I didn't really want to obey. And you'll understand what I'm talking about moving forward. And maybe some people don't. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pick up in verse 17 today. And we're going to talk about what the Lord's Supper really is. And so if you want a title, if you're a title person, it's just pretty simple. Why do we have the Lord's Supper? There's your there's your title. And so uh, next week, I promise, we're going to circle back around to verse 1 because there's some things I really want to get into. There's some stuff that uh, we need to address and get going. Uh, just so, well, well, we'll circle back around to that later. But anyway, so... Uh, why do we have the Lord's Supper? Pretty simple. I try not to get, uh, too far off in the weeds. You know me. Pretty black and white. But, uh, so, uh, in, in two weeks, so next week, obviously, we won't get back in because we won't be here. But in two weeks, the first week of February, we'll jump back in and that's when we're going to pick this up. So we're going to talk about this today. So, uh, let me just read through this passage. Most of you guys know this. If you have, if you don't know it, you've at least heard Brian talk about it as we go through, uh, the actual call it ceremony or whatever of the Lord's Supper, uh which we're going to do next week. But just let me read through this and then we're gonna we're gonna get into it because I got a list of things like I always do to kind of make it make sense. So uh verse seventeen, Paul says Now in this I declare unto you, I praise you not, that you were come together not for the better, but for the worse. For first of all when you came together in the church, I hear that there be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. He's like, that's not really that hard to believe. You ever heard something about somebody, and then you were like, that's not really that hard for me to believe about that person. Uh, he says, and I partly believe it, verse 19. For there uh, be also heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. When you come together, therefore, into one place, uh, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. For in eating, everyone taketh before... Uh, "'Other his own supper, and one is hungry, and another is drunken. "'What? Have ye not houses to eat and to drink in? "'Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that have not?' What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. I'm not. This is not cool with me, is what Paul's saying. Verse 23. For I have received of the Lord, that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, uh, uh, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he break it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. And after the same manner, he took the cup, which he had supped, saying, This cup is the new testament of my blood. This do ye as oft as you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26. For often as you uh, eat of this bread and drink of this cup, you uh, do show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this uh, cup uh, of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and of the blood of the Lord. Let a man examine himself and let him eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep." For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened to the Lord, uh, that we would not be condemned with the world. Wherefore, my brother, when you uh, come uh, together to eat, tarry one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that ye uh, come not together unto condemnation. And the rest I will set in order when I come. There's a lot of stuff there. And we're going to kind of break it down and make it make sense. But there's a lot of things there that uh, a lot of us that even know Maybe don't really know what is happening here. And so uh, <clears throat> when the Lord Jesus Christ uh, was crucified and he resurrected, he left the local church with two, we call them ordinances. Basically two things. You need to do these things. The Old Testament, they had like a book of the law. And he's like, do all of these things. And everybody was like, oh my gosh, I can't even, I, how, how in the world? I can't even keep the Ten Commandments, let alone the book of the law. Uh, we as the church, uh, God said, do two things. Make sure that you and the church are doing two things. We call them ordinances. What are they? Baptism. Yeah, baptism and Lord's Supper. So the first one is in the local church, when a believer uh, gets saved, uh, they submit to believer's baptism, which is what? It has nothing to do with salvation. Uh, there's nothing special about the water. Uh, the water is most of the time warm. It's not really that bad, but it's just uh, it's a picture of what happened. When a believer gets saved, uh, it is their way of... Uh, publicly professing uh, to the body, the church body, that, hey, uh, the same thing that happened to y'all has happened to me. Uh, I got saved just like you did. And so it's a picture. When we say that you're buried in the likeness of Jesus' death, you basically, you're under the water, you're under the ground, and you're raised again in the likeness of his glorious resurrection. Okay, So the same thing that happened to Jesus has happened to me. I am dead to my old man, and I'm a new man now. I'm a new person now. I can live free in Christ. And the the whole purpose of doing that has nothing to do with, like, sealing your salvation or anything like that. It is a picture of saying, hey, Y'all out there in the congregation, uh, this is my way of saying, uh, I feel you. Like, uh, I'm tracking with you and I'm, and I'm, I'm on board with what you're doing. Uh, and so it's, somebody would say, well, why do you have to get baptized? Well, I mean, it's, it was a command from Jesus. That's why, uh, to do it. It allows the local church to know who's in and who's out. All right. All of those things. And so that's the first one. I don't want to get too, uh, far out with baptism. But the second one is, the Lord's supper. And that's what we do uh, at, at Heartland. We do it uh, on every fifth Sunday. So four times a year. Right. And so uh, there's no uh, set time, amount of time that you're supposed to do it. Uh, you're you mean you could do it every week if you wanted to. But I'd say at that point, it would become kind of a ritual, something you just do a routine. And so that's not what we're after. Uh, we're after what this actually means. And we're going to get into what that is and why we do it as often as we do it, because it's about once a quarter that you need that kind of adjustment like, oh, yeah. I need to make sure that I'm where I need to be. And so we do it, to me, right about the right amount of times a year. You know, we could do it once a month. We could do it once a year. There's nothing saying that, oh my gosh, it's not biblical if you only... It, what does it say? It says in verse uh, 26, For as oft as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death till he comes. It doesn't give an amount of time. We have just picked uh, an amount of time as as pastors. Brian has said, let's just do it about once a quarter. and And there's a lot of things that go into that. So... As we get into these things, uh, we talk about the Lord's supper. I'm going to give you, uh, seven things, seven things that the Lord's supper is not right. And so there's your, your list for today. Uh, if you're a note taker, if not just follow along, it's all good, but seven things that the Lord's supper is not, and we'll kind of go through this, break it down and try to make it make a little more sense, uh, to everybody and kind of get into it. And so the first few are pretty simple. I want to get to the second half of this. Uh, and there is a reason I wanted to do this before next week, um, The week leading up to the Lord's Supper, there's a reason that we make sure everybody knows. Hey, this is coming. Hey, this is coming. Hey, this is coming. You need to prepare yourself. You might be like, what are you talking about? We'll get to that. But there's a reason I'm doing this. There's a reason that I'm skipping over. Yes, sir. It's like a drug test. There you go. You got to be ready. I mean, it is. It's like to well, I know it's really not though. I see what he's saying because, like, it, if you're not clean, you need to make sure that you get yourself cleaned up before you come to the Lord's table. You really do. At least with this. Yeah, it, it, but that's exactly right. I mean, I totally track with what he's saying because too often in life we get bogged down with stuff. We get bogged down with, uh, you know, the kids or our marriage or our ministry or what's going on at work. And, you know, we've kind of got some sort of bitterness or something inside of us that's just not clean. That's not where we need to be. And, hey, we know this is coming. This is looming. And uh, we know that later on, I'll get to this, but you're not supposed to take the Lord's Supper, even if you're a believer. If you've got something inside of you, that's all messed up. Because why? Well, we'll get to that in a minute. I don't want to mess that up. But I am tracking with what you're saying. Seven things the Lord's Supper is not. Uh, the first one. The Lord's Supper is not a place for division. Pretty simple. Uh, verses 17 and 19, he says, Now in this I declare unto you, I praise you not. Now compare that to verse 2. At the very beginning of the chapter, uh, he says, Now I praise you, brethren, that you remember me in all things and keep the ordinances that are delivered unto them. So at the very beginning of the chapter, he's like, Hey, I'm really glad that you guys are remembering the things I told you to do. And this is, I think, the first time in the entire letter that he's like, I'm glad you're doing this. Everything else has been, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? At the very beginning, he's like, I praise you. Well, they're like, well, thank goodness, right? Uh, I praise you uh, that you remember me in all things and the things that I taught you. So it's good that you're doing it. But then when we get down to what they're doing, he says, now this I declare to you, I praise you not that you come together, not for the better, but for the worse. You're just doing it to do it at this point is what he's trying to say. It's good that you're keeping in mind the things that I taught you to do. But why are you doing them? You ever found yourself doing that in your Christian walk? You're just doing it because you know you're supposed to do it, but it's like, what's the point? Uh there is no point. You better know why you're doing what you're doing. He it goes on to say, uh, for first of all, when you come together in the church, I hear that there'd be divisions among you, and I partly believe it. Y'all can't even get along, is what he's say. In verse nineteen, uh, for there must also be heresies among you, that they which are approved may be made manifest among you. Where does division come from? False teaching, false teaching, false teaching, rumors, murmurings, all the different things. Did you know what this person did? Can you believe this? False teaching goes over here. Now this person's believing this, this person's believing. He says, I hear there's division among you and I believe it. And here's why. Because there must be some sort of heresy going around. Heresy is false teaching, right? When we come to the Lord's Supper, the first thing that is not of it is division, There cannot be division any whatsoever. And so think about where you're at in life. Most of you are married. Some of you aren't. You know, So that's one that you can check off. I'm good with my spouse, right? Because I'm single. But most of us are are married, right? Okay, how's your relationship with your spouse? Is it clean, open, anything like division, bitterness? Not good, okay? Uh, How about with your kids? How about with the people in ministry? How about with the other people in the body of Christ? Oh, yeah, I love coming to church. I just don't talk to, you know, so-and-so because well you know well no that's an issue right and so just evaluate where you're at is there any division if you're going to be coming to the lord's table because the lord's serious about this we'll find out here later on uh, you better make sure that there is no division whatsoever and if there is there's a time to take care of it it is time before, but too often we wait till the week before the Lord's table to take care of these things. That's why if you've ever been here for the Lord's Supper, Brian's always like, man, if you've got an issue right before, we're getting ready to take it. If you've got an issue with your brother, go ahead and take care of it now. Well, that would be, you know, embarrassing. Oh, hang on. I need to go talk to Tyler because, you know, we got something going on. I'd rather you do that than take it unworthily or, or whatever. But that's what he's trying to say. Anyway, the first thing is it's not a place for division. He says, I hear that this is going on and it's not good. I believe it. You need to straighten it up. So that's the first thing. I want to get to the second half of this. I'm going to move quickly. The second thing that is not of the Lord's Supper, or the Lord's Supper is not, is the Lord's Supper is not a routine or a ritual. In verse 20, it says, when you come together, therefore, unto one place, this is not to eat the Lord's Supper. What he's trying to say is just because y'all came to church doesn't mean you have to do this. You guys have turned this into every time you get together, oh, well, you know, we're only having a men's meeting, but we're going to take the Lord's supper. Well, we're only having a uh, you know a marriage thing. We're going to take the Lord's supper every time they were coming together. They were doing this. Well, Paul said we were supposed to you know as often as we do it, take this 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 Lord's supper thing. So we're going to do it every time they would come together. They would do it, and it just became a well, we won't we won't wait to come together. They they've made it something that it's not. They've made it a routine. They've made it a ritual. If you've ever been to a Catholic church, every single week they take what they call communion, right? And so it's, it's, it's a ritual that they do. If we were to do it every week, would it mean the same thing to you? Would you every single week make sure that your, your mind was completely right, that you were completely clean? You're lying. If you said you would, right? Most of us can't do it once a quarter to make sure that we've got everything under control. And so it becomes a, a ritual or routine. And that's not the point. He's like, Hey, every time you guys come together, you're doing this thing. That's not what this is about. Right? So that's the next thing. It's, it's not about a routine or a ritual. Next one. You guys are like, man, he's going to get done quick. We'll slow down when we get to the end because there's some stuff at the end we really need to focus on. Uh, verses 21 to 22. <clears throat> the third thing that the Lord's Supper is not. The Lord's Supper, this is one of my favorite ones, it's not a potluck. Right? <clears throat> the Lord's Supper is not a potluck. He goes on in verse 21. He says, uh, For in eating everyone taketh before <clears throat> other his own supper. And one is hungry, and another is drunken. What? Have you not houses to eat and to drink in? Or despise ye the church of God, and shame them that ha- uh, that have not? What shall I say unto you? Shall I praise you in this? I praise you not. Man, these guys are, like, getting together, and it's turned into, they're like, the Lord's Supper. Oh, yeah, I remember. I remember the story. Remember Jesus got his disciples together in the upper room, and they had this big feast, and they've turned the Lord's Supper into, like, it's potluck Sunday, right? Everybody brings something and, and we'll just we'll just get her done, right? And so that's not the point. He's like, well, don't you have houses to eat in? Like, take care of that before you're right, by the way. Uh take care of that before uh before you come to get together with everybody. It's it's a total it's a total mess. They're like Well, I'll bring this and I'll bring this and, hey, you know what? We get together and we have food a lot of times. I, I like food, right? Most of you all do. We get together and clean the church a lot of times we're like, hey, everybody bring something. We'll have some food, right? And, you know, usually we have Mexican food because Mexican food is the best. But anyway, uh, I, I like all food. I'm pretty unbiased when it comes to it. But anyway, like these guys have turned it into like, hey, they're trying to they're trying to replicate what happened in the upper room. If you go back to the Gospels and in, in hear when Jesus is like, hey, uh, go get the room for us and we'll, we'll have the supper. So they have this big meal. And then after the meal, he's like, now we'll take the bread and drink of the cup. And, you know, they're like, oh, that's what we got to do. We got to everybody's got to bring something and it's going to be a big deal. And so then it turns out. Into well, what'd you bring? Well, I didn't really bring anything today. Oh well, you didn't bring anything, huh? Right? Or oh, you only brought that, and so it's turned into this who's who of what you brought and everything else. And Paul's like, what in the world is happening here? This is totally not the point. You guys are totally taking something that is sacred to to the Lord, this, something that is meant as a spiritual thing, and you made it this gluttonous physical thing. He's like, what is happening here? The Lord's Supper is not a potluck or anything like that at all. Will you grab me a bottle of water, Paige, please? So it's just, it's a total mess. In verse 23, this is where we're going to start slowing down a little bit. Uh, Verses 23 to 26, the fourth thing that the Lord's Supper is not, the Lord's Supper is not to be taken lightly. The Lord's Supper is not to be taken lightly. Verse 23, he says, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you. Meaning, uh, this stuff was downloaded to me and I gave it to you. The how and why we do this, right? Uh, he says that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. This goes back to the picture of what happened after dinner in the upper room with Jesus and his 12 disciples. Thank you. Uh, and it says, uh, when he had given thanks, he break it and said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same manner also he took of the cup which uh, when he had, uh, had supped saying this cup is the new testament in my blood this do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me verse 26 for as often as you drink this or as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you do show the lord's death till he come okay so this is not to be taken lightly there is a huge spiritual significance to what is happening here right and so the bread is to signify uh the sinless body of Jesus Christ. He came as a baby, lived 33-ish years, uh, and was crucified. He felt all the infirmities that you've ever felt. He felt betrayed, angry, uh, hurt, sleepy, mad, tired, all the different things, yet without sin, right? And so... The picture of the unleavened bread that we have is a picture of the unleavened body, the unsinned body. Leaven is a type of sin in the Bible. The, the sinless body, the bread that we take is to remember that, hey, there was a guy who actually could do this. And it, he was, it wasn't just the fact that he did it. I mean, yeah, he was God. That's, it's not really that hard to believe. It was the fact that he took that sinless body and said, I'm gonna go ahead and put it on the cross so I can, you know, take your sin on me. There's some significance to that. They pass around the little the little the little things, right? The bread. I don't know oh, to bread to me is not that, but it's bread because it's unleavened. And and we're like, okay, yeah, well I'll just sit here quietly and don't know what to do. Do to do, do. It's really awkward. And you know, you've all been there. It's like what is happening here? And we wait for you know, all of you gets to pass around. This is a time for you to actually sit and actually think. This is a picture, right? This little this little bread is a picture of what? of the sinless body that he didn't have to lay down but he chose to. You weren't worthy of it, but he chose to. And so you start to think that and it's like there's there's something holy about what's going on here. Right? Oh yeah, there is. It's a picture, right? And then we take the little juice, right? The unfermented, right? Meaning unalcoholic uh juice, juice, right? It is a picture of the sinless blood of Christ. The unfermented meaning sinless blood of Christ. It's all a picture, right? We have the little cup. It's another thing. It's like, hey, he not only lived sinlessly, but he died sinlessly, right? He not only lived sinlessly in his body, he died sinlessly in death so he could take it all on you. And it is a picture of you taking his blood. It's like a blood transfusion. You're taking his blood and he's taking yours. You're sinful, worthless, rotten. I could keep going, but you're getting the picture. You're not good, but he was. And so as you're sitting here taking these things, it's not to be taken lightly. We're sitting there and we're like, mm, I don't know, some people look kind of serious. Some people are just like looking around and, you know, counting the ceiling tiles and all the different things. You all have done it, I know. You're it, tiles uh, well, whatever. You're yeah. you. You're, yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, it's a there's something holy about what's going on. It's not to be taken lightly. Too often we get in there and we've got it going on and we're like, Okay, let's just get this done, man. Brian already preached too long. Now, I know y'all have thought that before. He's already went long. We're supposed to be done, and we're just now starting this. Like, it's going to be 1230 before we get out of here. I'll say it. Y'all are saying it, but I know you thought it, right? We're like, man, we got something to do today, and like, it's not to be taken lightly. There's a reason y'all laughing because you've thought it. I know you have. Yeah. Like, man, it's playoff football on, (laughs) The Chiefs don't play till next Sunday night, so y'all are good, right? Anyway, it's not to be taken lightly. There's a reason that we do this, and there's a reason, like, as it's going around, like, even when we're in the children's ministry, they bring it around to us. And so, like, we call a timeout. I don't know how y'all do it if you've been in there as the teachers, but we call a timeout. Because obviously we're not going to stop and wait for Brian to pray. But like I'll take we stop and Paige and I pray together because there's a reason I want to pray. I want to make sure that we're on the same page, that everything is as good as we go into this. And then we do the thing. And when the, the juice comes around, we do the same thing. It's not to be taken lightly <laughs> just because I'm not in the sanctuary with everybody else. This, I, this is the Lord's table. Right. Well, there's people uh, there's widows in the church that can't get here every Sunday morning. The deacons take them the Lord's Supper when we do it. Right? Usually, either the Saturday before or the Sunday after church, they take them to the Lord's Supper. They do the same thing. It doesn't, it's not about being here in the sanctuary. It's about the remembrance, the what goes into it. Okay? So there's something that goes on to this thing. It's not to be taken lightly. Verse 27, the fifth thing that the Lord's Supper is not. The Lord's Supper is not to be taken by everyone. Verse 27 to 30, it says, Wherefore, whosoever shall eat of this bread and drink of this cup of the Lord unworthily, we'll talk about what that means in a minute, shall be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. You know what that means? That means all the sin of the world that he took on himself, uh that wrath's coming towards you. If you're one who's going to take this lightly, take it unworthily. And we always think, well that person's not saved, they shouldn't take it. That 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 goes we we fall into that sometimes too. I'll talk about that in a minute. Verse 20, but let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Sleep meaning have died. And so here's what this means. It's not to be taken by everyone. There's kind of some rules of engagement that we go by when we do the Lord's Supper. Brian kind of explains them the best he can quickly. Uh, we, we observe at HBF what we call close communion. Meaning, so close communion would mean if you're not a member here, we don't want you to take it. Right? But that's not how we roll because there might be somebody from, you know, Midtown Baptist Temple here or somebody from Iola or somebody that is like minded, saved, born again. Uh, There's not a member here. So Brian calls it close communion, meaning if you're biblically born again, I've been saved. Right. Jesus Christ took the sin of my life and put it on himself and I am walking free in him. OK, step one. Step two. Are you a member of a like minded church? Right. That means you have submitted yourself to some authority. Somewhere. It doesn't have to be here, but you're a member somewhere. Have you been baptized? Three things. Are you saved? Are you a member somewhere of a like-minded church? Now, if you're a member of the Catholic Church down the road, that's not like-minded, right? If you're a member of anywhere, I'm just I'm just saying. Uh, and have you been baptized? Three things. If you haven't, Brian's just very polite about it. He's like, I would just ask that you abstain. You'll have three more months to get it taken care of. Or ain't nobody going to be like, oh my gosh, did you see they passed? They didn't take. Oh Nobody's like that. Right. It doesn't happen like that. Why do we do this? For protection. We'll talk about the the what you need to be taken care of in the next point. But you do it for your protection and the protection of the body. Right. This is a church wide thing. We need to be clean because not only are we asking the wrath of God to come on my life, but the life of everyone else. Right. We're a, we're one body. Well, what is, how many oft, how often does it say, man, that you know we are a bodily fitly joined together, right? Uh, we're you know you might be the, the the pointer finger and you know you might be the big toe and you might be the leg. I don't know. We're all a member of the body, and so when one part of the body hurts, you know more parts of the body hurt. Right? Paige did something to her calf. I don't know, tore it or whatever. Uh, several weeks ago right and so her other leg was hurting because she was putting so much weight on it for a while and it's just that's what happens and so if you're out here acting like a knothead that hurts everybody else in the body that's just what happens and so the point here is it's not for everyone not you (laughs) it's not for everyone now it did say here well we'll get to that in a minute because uh Yeah, not to be taken by everyone. Now, let's circle back around uh, because this point covers some of the same verses. Uh, Number six, the Lord's Supper is not a time to look outward. It's not a time to look outward. Let me read 28 to 32 again. It says, But let a man examine himself. And let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For uh, for this cause many are weak and sickly uh, among you, and many sleep. For uh, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Too often we go into the Lord's Supper, week, month, whatever, and we're like, man, I hope my wife gets this taken care of. Right? (laughs) (laughs) No. I hope that, you know, so-and-so, they... Figure out what's going on because that's a mess. I hope that, you know, these people over here, you know, they start, this is not a time for you to worry about what everybody else has got going on. What does it say? If we would examine ourselves, this is the time for you in the upcoming week to be like, Lord, be like David was, uh, in Psalms. I can't remember the Psalm, but he's like, reveal any, uh, iniquity that's in my heart. There you go. Yeah. And I promise, if you pray that verse to God, be ready for Him to reveal any iniquity that's in your heart. But this is the time for us to be like, God, I feel like I'm on the right page. I feel like things are going good. But man, just make sure because I want to make sure that I'm clean, not just for my sake, but for my family's sake, for the church's sake, right? Too often we're like, look at this guy. Look at what they got going on. And, um, and then it also says, uh, let him examine himself and eat that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh the damnation. Too often we read that and we think, well, yeah, we don't want somebody that's not saved uh, taking the Lord's Supper. For the most part, I, like I've been here, most lost people, they just pass it. They're like, I don't know why you guys are doing this anyway. This is weird, right? Most, most lost people, this is in here for y'all. This is in here for y'all church folk who are eating and drinking unworthily. You got something in your heart that you haven't taken care of. You know something's going on, and you're like, well, I got to do this anyway. Uh, It says that you're eating and drinking damnation to yourself. There's been times in my life, I don't know if I should say this or not, but I'm going to. She might reprove me later, but uh, there's been times in our life where uh, Paige and I have had something going on that, like, there was just division between us, right? And uh, most of you guys, uh, if you've been married, sometimes that doesn't just go away. It takes some time to kind of work through some things, right? You might be like, oh, my gosh, this has never happened to me. Well, there have been times where we've just kind of been divided. And uh, one of the most condemning, uh, convicting things that's ever happened to me was watching my wife pass the plate on and not take it because there's something between us and then me feeling the guilt of like, now I'm keeping her from doing that, and so you should feel like that with any member of the body of Christ. Like, are you keeping somebody else from taking it because of your idiocracy or, or whatever else you want to call it? Like, are you doing that because that's messed up if you are? Don't be the one who is eating and drinking unworthily, right? There's, and so let me also say this. Don't be somebody who's so broken down, because because this has happened too, uh, that you've done something, some sort of, you know, you feel like, I, I'm just not worthy of this. Now, If you're saved and you're born again and you're a member uh, in good standing and uh, you're born again and you've been baptized, you need to take it. This is for your good. If, if you've got some sort of sin going on and you've laid it down and you told Jesus, man, I'm, I'm sorry, but you still feel the guilt of it, this is one of the things that you need to do to get back right. Too often I've seen people that, you know, they've repented and they're like, but they just don't feel forgiven. And so they just like, well, I I can't do this. No, now you're doing it wrong again. If you're actively in sin, if you actively are like, well, I don't really want to take care of it right now. That's what we're talking about when we say somebody who is eating and drinking unworthily. And then Paul even goes on. He's like, for this cause, many are weak and sickly among you. And some have died even because y'all can't figure this out. God's serious about what he's saying here. This is a week that we, as a body and individuals, need to make sure that we are right with him. And if we're all right with him, are you all right with everybody else around you? Have you hacked somebody off, offended somebody, and you're like, well, they'll get over it eventually? That's not cool. This is a week for you to be like, hey, I don't know if you knew that you offended me, but this kind of did. And a lot of times when somebody comes to you and they're like, hey... I don't know if you knew that you said this. This happens to me more often than not because I just, I don't know, I just speak. And I probably shouldn't. I'm all like Peter in the Bible. And so I've had people come to me and they're like, did you know that you said this? And I'm like, I had no idea. I am so sorry. Like, that was totally not my intention. I—I I, And it's cleared up. Like, it's so much better. But if you don't actually take the initiative to be like, hey, this is going on, you know, you have to do that. This is a week for you to do that. This is why we're talking about this today, because it is that important as we go into the Lord's Supper that we are clean as a body. The last thing, and we'll be done. The Lord's Supper is not a time of condemnation. Right? The last thing he says about this whole thing, he says, "'Wherefore, my uh, brother, and when you come together to eat, "'tarry one for another,' Meaning, like, let's just give this thing some time. Like, oh, they weren't here on time, so we're just going to, you know. He says, tarry for one for another. And if any man hunger, let him eat at home, that you come not together into condemnation, and the rest I will set in order when I come. The last thing that the Lord's Supper is not, it's not a time of condemnation. Well, this person, they're out here doing whatever. They didn't even make it on time. Well, they haven't even been here for a couple weeks and all these different things. And the Lord's Supper is not a time to look outward and be like, well, you don't deserve it. Why don't you worry about you? What does it say in the Gospels? He's like, hey, before you worry about the speck that's in your brother's eye, why don't you worry about the stick that you got in yours, right? Uh, You you got this big old log in your eye, and you're like, well, you see that guy? No, you don't see anything because you got so much messed up in your face. And It's not a time for condemnation. It's a time for you to worry about you and your spouse to worry about them. It's a good time this week to sit down with your spouse and be like, hey, are we good? I just want to make sure. I feel like we're good, but is there anything going on, you know? Just the people that you're around. Hey, is everything cool here? You know, text the people in your ministry. Hey, is everything going well? I just want to make sure we're going to the Lord's Supper. So make sure that we're all going about this the right way. We're all of one mind and one accord. Man, I promise the Lord will bless those things more than you would believe. In the Old Testament, they had this book of laws. You got to do all these. He left you two things as the church. Baptism and the Lord's Supper. Baptism is a one-time thing. So that means the only thing that you really have to do is make sure that as we do this, you're clean each time we come around. It's important to him and it probably ought to be important to us. It's not a time of condemnation. The purpose of this whole thing is unity. The purpose of the Lord's Supper in general is unity. We do it once a quarter because what happens? People irritate one another. People get on each other's nerves. And it's a time where we, once a quarter, we're just like, hey... Let's take a time out. Is everybody good? Everybody's everybody because Brian's just assuming the pastors here. We're just assuming that you all are taking the word for what it says. And you're like, OK, this is serious. We probably ought to make sure that it's serious. This is something that is, is important to God. We're going to make sure it's important to us. And that's well, too often people aren't. But we're, well, we're going to assume that you are. I'm going to assume that this week now, especially since you all know you're going to take care of these things because that's what keeps the body clean. It's unity. That's why we do it. It's not about a, a, a ritual. It's about making sure there's unity in the body of Christ. Making sure everybody is of one mind and one accord. I hope everybody's tracking. If you have any questions about that, let me know. We kind of had to move quickly, but, um, no pass point next week in two weeks, we'll get together. We'll circle back around to the beginning of the chapter. Uh, there's some things we need to get into, uh, that are, that are pretty important. And, uh, so we'll pick up from there. So, uh, yeah, let's pray. Father, I love you. Thank you for today. Thank you for your word, Lord. Uh, you're, you're good to us and, uh, there's so much truth in it. We don't have to wonder, uh, because we, we know your answer. So, uh, thank you for your word, uh, Lord. I do pray that this week, uh, it's kind of a sobering type of, uh, message. I usually try to keep it a little more lighthearted, but, uh, I, I pray that this week we would evaluate ourselves to make sure that we are right with you, uh, make sure that we do have the relationship with you that we need to, uh, that we're following you wholeheartedly, that we are, uh, of one mind of what accord with our earthly relationships with our spouse with our kids with uh, those in the body Uh, lord i pray that you would just convict us this week reveal iniquity in our hearts so that we can correct it god we want to be of one mind and one accord with uh, everyone here and with you so i pray you just uh, preach through pastor brian today as he teaches to us and that you would just get the honor and the glory send us out as lights in the in a pretty wicked world in christ's name amen all right sorry for going long guys